Welcome to today's discussion, Moving from Data Chaos to Data Insights, sponsored by Grant Thornton. Now, here's your host, Jason Miller. Welcome to the discussion. Today, my guest is Arpan Bhattacharya, a Principal and Foundational Analytics Lead for Grant Thornton. Arpan, thanks for joining me today. Of course. Thanks, Jason. Before we get started, let me set a little context for our discussion. We're starting this series of discussions by focusing first on data. And this is not going to be your typical discussion around where we talk velocity and volume and veracity that agencies face every day. We're going to talk, at least for today, about how big the big data is, right? Where it is, what it is. Our conversation is going to focus on the data that agencies have, what business questions their data can address or should be addressing, and are those questions even the right ones? So before we get started, I'm going to start with a little trivia. This is something a little unusual, Arpan, but I'm going to ask you and, and, and of course, our audience. So here's the trivia question. Does the federal government have a data maturity model? Let's let's give the, the, the second or two to think about it. Okay, Arpan, answer my question. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Ding, ding, ding. You're correct. The National Technical Service and the General Services Administration released the federal government data maturity model, and in it, it focuses on three areas. I'm going to go through them just real briefly. It helps agencies with a high-level assessment of current capabilities and supporting processes. It helps the strategic communication between agency data professionals and agency leadership. And finally, it provides a common language and framework to help with common solutions and help with best practices across agencies toward advancing a data-driven decision-making. That's very good you knew that, by the way. Thank you. You hope so. I mean, you're the expert. But this and most maturity models don't necessarily help agencies know where to get started. Okay, once they know where the data is, where do you go from there? So the goal of our conversation is to reduce that overwhelming feeling of managing and understanding the troves of data each agency owns. And, and this also applies to data analytics and how to apply those tools and services. And in many ways, this conversation can't come soon enough, especially since IDC Government Insights said agencies were expected to spend on hardware, software, and IT services more than $8.7 billion on data analytics and data services by the end of 2017. That is roughly about 9.5% more than they spent in 2016. And by 2021, the, the spending on data analytics, products, and services could reach $13.3 billion, or almost an 11% year-over-year increase through 2021. So how do agencies make sense of this data, what they have, how to apply analytics? Well, again, that's where our guest comes in. We are joined once again by Arpan Bhattacharya, a Principal and Foundational Analytics Lead for Grant Thornton. So let's talk, uh, jump in, talk a little bit about data. There's all this for data analytics. Agencies are trying to drive improvements. Let's start with maybe some of the important things that agencies should keep in mind about what it means to have, understand your data and to apply analytics. So you touched on a number of important topics while making the introduction. You spoke about troves of data, right? So today, agencies have tremendous amount of data that they're faced with every day. Decision makers, managers, they have to make sense of data from their financial system, from their procurement system, HR system, Excel spreadsheets, cuff systems, ad hoc queries. It's never ending, which is why we we leverage this term data chaos. Leaders and managers, they're overwhelmed with the number of information that they're seeing, the amount of data that they're seeing. How do they manage this data? What type of insights can they get from the data that they're seeing? How can we help them understand what story they can tell from the data that they're seeing? One of the major things that needs to happen, first up, is not just looking at the shiniest object that they see in front of them. We might, today, Bitcoin is a big deal. Artificial intelligence is a big name. Robotic process automation, things like that, right? Machine learning. Do we jump at each one of them and think they're a solution? 
They're not the solution. They're a tool by which we can understand the data that we're facing. The first thing that we need to look at is what business problem are we trying to solve? So agency leaders, managers, business managers, all of CFOs, this whole C-suite, what we need to help them with is what is the question that they're trying to solve for the citizen? Let's take a couple of examples. If you want to look at Veterans Affairs, for instance, so suicide prevention is a major mission for them. Veteran homelessness, how do you solve veteran homelessness? Major, major mission for them. So these are two questions. Do they have the data to solve that? If agencies jump at the shiniest object and don't look at whether they're solving these questions and then whether they have the data to solve them, then the mission of these agencies fall flat. So that's what we're trying to help agencies with, uh, helping them in a two-pronged fashion. Help understand what the business question is, look at the data to see if there's the data to solve these questions, and to top it off, can the data tie to these goals and objectives, and can you measure the outcome that this data leads to? Hopefully that answers your opening question. It answers plenty of questions, but let me back up a second and let's let's take that VA example maybe and dig into it a sure. little bit. There's plenty of data. The, the, the questions can be easy, right? How do we reduce homelessness among veterans? Right. But that doesn't necessarily mean you have the data that answers that question. That may not be the right question. So how do you find that right balance of what is the right question? How specific do you have to be versus how broad do you want to be? And then where does the data fit into it? It's two ways. You look at an agency's mission. What is the founding mission for that agency? Why were they created? That's one. But secondly, there's a lot of other business questions that need to be answered. So while you're looking at that, you interview agency leaders and figure out what it is that is the hot topic that will help push their agency forward. And then you look at what data is available. At times, it's quite possible that the data that they need to answer that question isn't available. So answering the business question and then doing an environmental scan of all the data sets available to an agency is absolutely critical to bridge that gap. And I think that's the key piece here is understanding what is there to start. Because if you don't have that good situational awareness of what are we collecting today, then it's hard to make a decision of do we even have the right data to answer the question or are we even answering the right question? Because maybe the data will lead you down a path to ask a totally or try to answer a totally different question. That's right. So give me a sense of, of maybe some of those, those steps when you talk about an agency manager or leader. What are some among the first steps? You said do some interviews, talk about what, what the big goal is, but let's go to the, the next step after that. Sure. We talk about models a lot. It's essentially a framework of how we want to approach something. So for us, we look at the data, and then we have agency leaders go from reactive step where they look at the data and they finally figure out this is all the data that's available to us. Now I can ask some questions. To a diagnostic step where now I know what the data is. This is the gap that I need to bridge. Predictive and then finally prescriptive. What does the data need to do so I can plan for the next three to five years? So you went through kind of this idea of here's the steps, but talk a little bit about those steps in actual action. Where are you seeing this being done or, or where are you guys working with somebody in the federal community that they're actually taking the, going through these fuel maturity model steps? So we do this thing where we solve one problem for one client and then we turn that into a repeatable solution because all our federal clients, even on the commercial side, but more on the federal side, they face the same type of challenges and problems. So once we develop one solution, we make that a repeatable solution. I'll give you an example. At one of our clients, it's uh, one of the large federal agencies. 
on the finance side, one of the clients asked us to take a look at their purchase card data. Purchase cards are like credit cards for the government. And the question from the client to us was, take a look at this data and tell us what you find. So we sat down with the client through a facilitated session and basically asked him, tell us, tell us the business question that you're trying to solve. Are you trying to look for fraudulent activity on the government credit card? Or do you just want us to go through line by line of the thousands of transactions that you're getting from your procurement card and ask to find out something? So he took a couple of steps back. We spent some time figuring out what his real question was, which was trying to prevent fraud, waste and abuse in government. That was the gist of it. So we quickly turned that around into uh, leveraging our repeatable fraud analytics solution. And in a month, he had insight that he never had before. What he found out was numerous purchase cards were being used over a weekend or in a parking garage in New York City uh, over Christmas Eve, over New Year's Eve, and over holidays in general. This is insight he hadn't got previously because previous analysts used to go through line by line of these financial system extracts. Now, when you take that extract and you know of somebody who can transform that extract into making more sense, into making management decisions, then he now gets to see these are the procurement cards that are might be problem problematic. He gets to flag them and he gets to sit down with these people who own these purchase cards and try to figure out were they on a business trip to New York over Christmas Eve? If not, let's address that and other things. This uncovered around $50,000 of what he thought might have been fraudulent charges. Now they're investigating further to see if these things were fraudulent or not. Now, previously, when you said they went line by line, because there's no correlation of it, it was just, okay, that was a parking garage check. That was a restaurant check versus, hey, look, there's a pattern and you're able to show the pattern. And that That's the difference? That's exactly right, Jason. Thanks for pointing me towards that. Exactly. So how do you translate this data chaos into patterns? That's what we did. And because, generally speaking, the overwhelmingness of the data that agencies face, that's where this the tools come in. When, when, you, when you start looking, okay, why do I want to use data analytic tools? Why do I want to apply them beyond, well, they seem like the shiny object. That's where the value is coming by, by understanding what's happening within whatever topical area you're trying to dig into. Again, going back to answering, what, what's the question you're trying to answer? That's right, Jason. T talk maybe a little bit about why, why agencies are going down the path of tools, but but beyond the fact is they're helpful. Like, like give me a more of a, I guess, a broader sense of, of what the tools can do and, and why, what agencies should keep in mind. So Julie Andrews said it right on Sound of Music. We need to start at the very beginning. Data. We started this interview talking about an environmental scan of what data you have. So it's connecting that data to the type of business problem, to the type of tool that's needed. So that's one. But the tool isn't the solution. The science or the data isn't the solution either. It's one is understanding the data, but then there's a whole cultural mindset that needs to happen to make analytics successful. So what we need to look at is where is the cultural change happening? Is it top-down or is it bottom-up? Who is really interested in driving insight using data? Is it the C-level or is it the analyst? We're seeing over time across all our clients that this culture of analytics is slowly taking place across all clients. We're helping drive that too. So it's not just analytics, it's also a change management exercise in itself. Sometimes we can talk change management all day because that's sometimes the hardest piece of this is to understand 
okay, I have to ask different types of questions. I have to move myself. Is that probably the biggest mistake you see is that agencies are asking maybe the wrong question or not understanding what question they should be asking? That's correct. That bridge needs to happen. They need to understand what questions they need to ask. And that doesn't always happen in-house, which is why you bring in subject matter experts from might be another industry altogether, might be a similar federal agency that has a similar mission. So for instance, if Customs and Border Protection want to figure out how do they optimize their Border Patrol agents, they would look at other law enforcement agencies so they can easily find some type of benchmark to do so. And the ability and willingness from our leaders to do so is what makes a difference. And that's part of the culture change, too, because people don't necessarily always want to look somewhere else. Uh, we, we, know, we know our business best. You don't know our business. And sometimes you can find that similarity or that something you can copy. As you said, at Grant Thornton, you guys will take a solution for one problem uh, that, that's similar to across the board and apply it to other agencies. Is that part of the culture change? You have to get people to understand that it's okay to look outside your little world because the answers, because everyone has very similar challenges? We can't do it alone. Neither can the agencies do it on their own. It really is a team effort. Looking outside, bringing in either subject matter experts from other agencies or consulting firms, those things matter to get best practice leveraged into any of these business questions that they're facing. Arpan, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we can uh, jump into uh, some other topics around uh, data. You're listening to Moving from Data Chaos to Data Insights, sponsored by Grant Thornton on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. Status quo is a dangerous thing. It leads to atrophy in the living, rust in machines. And for companies, it's the number one killer of progress. Which is why, at Grant Thornton, we do whatever it takes to move our clients forward. It's not status quo. It's status go. And it's an approach our clients deserve. We are Grant Thornton. Welcome to status go. Welcome back. You're listening to Moving from Data Chaos to Data Insights, sponsored by Grant Thornton on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I'm your host, Jason Miller. My guest today is Arpan Bhattacharya, a principal and foundational analytics lead for Grant Thornton. Now, Arpan, before break, we were talking a little bit about the problem and the challenges, right? Asking the right questions, understanding what data you have. Can you answer those questions? But before we jump back into the data, let me bring back uh, you a little bit and let's talk about Grant Thornton and your role at Grant Thornton. Uh, maybe talk a little bit about what, what this, this idea, the foundational analytics lead, what does that really mean? I've been with Grant Thornton for 13 years now, came straight out of graduate school, Numerous different projects over these 13 years, regularly it's been around analytics. It's been there's this data set or there's this problem, use this data set to solve that problem. That's what I've really enjoyed at Grant Thornton. It's never been sticking to conventional wisdom or sticking to how things are going, status quo, but more about changing it up, bringing innovation to our clients. Earlier on, I talked about a fraud analytics tool so that's the type of innovation we are bringing to our client. We've also set up an innovation hub for uh, coming up with innovative ideas, leveraging disruptive technologies that's all our clients are facing right now, and solving their business problems. One of the things you talk about solving problems for the clients, and, and it's the conventional wisdom piece. And I think you hear that a lot about from vendors who say, well, we, we, you know, we're, we do things different. We're innovative in some way. But one, one of the things that stood out to me by our conversation so far and you know, my background of, of working you know, with Grant Thornton on occasion is 
this concept of, you know, do once, use many. Uh, and, and I'm not sure how often that happens. Give me a sense of the reaction when you come to a client and say, well, here's what we did. Very similar problem for agency X. We think we can apply it to your problem too. D- or does that give them more confidence in that? Oh, okay. Like, uh, wow, that that's a big difference versus let me solve your problem differently this time than all the other times. Absolutely. That makes a huge difference, brings a lot of credibility to our solutions. Typically, clients don't want to be our Petri dish where we do a science experiment and things might fail or not. So when we come to them and say, look, we've done this thing at another similar large federal client, or we've done this thing at another large Fortune 50 corporation, they get pretty thrilled to know that another agency or another corporation faced a similar challenge. We help solve it. So that gives this opportunity a high probability of success. I'll segue into a couple of examples. And it, it's not just into federal agencies. So the solutions we build is across the board. Uh, I recently had a higher education client, a college, reach out. We were talking about similar issues they were facing in which they were trying to up their enrollment trend. And we talked about looking at the data sets around admissions and figuring out what story is that data telling them so this client can take it to the dean or the president and either get more investment to push for more enrollment or do some type of other research to expand their enrollment base. So similar problems that we've had at other agencies, that can be leveraged elsewhere. And just because it's a college or university worrying about enrollment, it could be an agency saying, how do we get more people to use online services as social security? Or how do we get more people to register online if it's a state and local for their dog tags, as an example? It's all the same problem set answering the question of how do we get more people to use the service? And I think that's, when you talk about culture change, that's a key piece. Exactly. Getting people to understand that. Exactly. You're absolutely right. So speaking of challenges and getting people to understand that, that's a great segue to a discussion around IT optimization, IT modernization, and the role that data will or is playing in that in that challenge. One of the things that we hear about all the time within the government and, and agencies is there's plenty of money, just use it differently. How can maybe uh, data analytics play a role in, in pushing agencies toward that modernized approach to IT? Question that agency leaders ask isn't around how do we manage the spend, but it's about what is the return on that spend? Are they spending the right amount of money on the right tool and the right technology leading to the right solution and outcome? One of the ways they can do that is figuring out trade-offs, and we help them with that. So when an agency is looking to invest in a new tool or a large investment, right, they need to figure out whether that particular investment is aligned to a presidential directive or if it's a CIO strategy or if it ties to an agency's mission, vision, etc. Can they do all these things together and then make rank order decisions to prioritize one investment over the other? They can, but there needs to be a framework around that and a solution around that. We've helped numerous clients do that so that they're in a position where they don't need to let go of an investment entirely to put money into another investment, but they can rack and stack the two or three different investments and decide where to put more money and have less features in the other one so that both investments go through that might benefit their customers. Too often, though, agencies are putting out fires, right? There's this idea of, well, the fire today is IT modernization because the administration wants to move to network modernization. But tomorrow, the fire could be cybersecurity, and then the next day, the fire could be something else. So how do you prioritize while at the same time dealing with this culture of, of putting out fires all the time? These are challenges that agencies face, corporations face on a regular basis, 
which is why there needs to be an agile approach to solving these challenges, right? You've got to be of a mindset where you can have longer-term strategy, and that's what we bring to our clients. Plan longer-term strategy, have a three- to five-year plan, but at the same time, be prepared to answer these rapid-fire questions that come up. The worst thing that our agency leaders can do, managers can do, is be constantly reactive, which is why there needs to be, we need to set this foundation or this culture of longer-term planning while being able to react to changes in Congress, changes in legislative mandates, et cetera. This foundation we're talking about is starts with under, going tagging back to the beginning of the conversation, starts with understanding what data you have. And that also has to be a constant effort to, because the data changes and new data comes in, how, maybe talk a little bit more about what that foundation may look like, or maybe what type of tools need to ride on top of that foundation that you can always kind of dip into that. I, I love the term data lake or data ocean and, and pull out the information. So you say, okay, today I know what the challenge is, but tomorrow when I get a new challenge, I can dip back into the ocean and see what pops up in my net. The most important thing is understanding that there are silos in all these agencies. There are silos in any corporation. It's for our leaders to understand how do we work across these silos. Data lake, yes, you need to understand what data there is so you can dip into it and extract that and then long-term convert these things into data warehouses. Yes, these are all very technical things that need to happen, but it's understanding what silos exist. You don't need to break down the silos, but understand there are silos. There are players that want to own data that might not be willing to share data. That only happens when you understand the data that exists in your agency. When you understand that, then you can work across silos, build teams, be collaborative, and bring in that culture of change that a successful analytics program needs. This idea of data and this idea of using analytics is not new. We've been probably talking about it for the last 10, 15 years at the very least, if not longer. What are some success stories you're seeing within the federal government, or even if you want to go into the private sector, of where there's, what areas, what sectors are working well, financial, HR, procurement, or, or if you want to go more mission-specific? And then also, I guess, what are some of the common mistakes you're seeing time and again? Data analytics is a newish term, but it's existed forever. Statistics. So any statistics program is analytics. You look at data to un, uh, identify narratives and patterns, et cetera. What is working really well is at agencies that take on this analytics as a culture, those agencies become very successful. So when they're proactive at looking at their data and being both top-down and bottom-up, bringing in analysts to understand data who have a background in data science, data analytics, et cetera, as well as a change leader at the top who wants to make that change, these lead to success stories. So I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples Patent pendency is one of the major things that drives the American economy. What that means is how long does it take from a patent being filed at the U.S. Patent Office to it being issued? It used to be longer. Now it's 33 months. It's around three years. It used to be three and a half, four years. The way that's been brought down is by entirely through analytics. It's looking at the backlog of cases, which cases are similar, which aren't, and then pushing through similar cases faster, unique cases will take longer. So looking, looking at that from that strategic but also tactical mindset and understanding what it is that you want to do with the data and what is the end goal that you want to achieve is what makes agencies successful. Arpan, we're almost out of time. This has been a fascinating conversation. But before I let you go, what's the big takeaway from our discussion? What should agencies do in the short term and the long term to really make a difference? Because no one starts at zero. No, one start, no one's at 100. Everyone's along that path. But what are some things that they can do today? 
We talk about status go a lot in our company today. It's changing the original mindset into innovation and bringing new thinking to our clients. It's being intellectually curious. Because it's the government, uh, because these are larger agencies, leaders are hesitant to make changes. But it's maintaining that intellectual curiosity to know what's out there and understanding what questions you really want answered without being too afraid. That's what makes it successful. Excellent advice. Unfortunately, we are out of time. You've been listening to Moving from Data Chaos to Data Insights, sponsored by Grant Thornton on federalnewsradio.com and 1500 AM. I've been your host, Jason Miller. Let me thank my guest, Arpan Bhattacharya, a principal and foundational analytics lead for Grant Thornton. Arpan, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Jason. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsradio.com and search Data Chaos. Listen to the entire discussion, Moving from Data Chaos to Data Insights, sponsored by Grant Thornton at federalnewsradio.com.